God, we were sent to labor right out of the Garden of Eden into a life that would forever be marked by toiling and working to live. Separated from you, but by your great design and marvelous plan, you brought us back to you. Through the sacrifice of your son, you blessed us with the promise that we can labor in love. That in all things we do, we can do them unto you. And that in every job we start, we can finish having loved others along the way. Thank you for the abilities you give us. Thank you for the blessing work produces. Thank you for the rest that you command of us. And thank you most of all that we are your labor of love. dismissed. Sorry, kids. Um, it is Labor Day weekend. Amen? Labor Day weekend. That means we get to cook out and, right? <laughs> A lot of people have lost uh, an understanding, I fear, of what Labor Day truly was meant and when it was created. I'm going to give a little short history lesson um, for you this morning about Labor Day and um, it is, it is um, a nice holiday to have a day off for some folks. Some folks don't get a day off. Mike will be out there on the farm tomorrow, I'm sure, probably. Ray will be working. In the late 1800s, at the height of the Industrial Revolution, the, our nation was working people pretty hard. 12-hour days, seven days a week. It was rough. It really was for low wages, and even kids were being forced into labor. And our nation's leaders saw it, and there was some arguments and some fights and some, even some old-fashioned, I guess you'd call um, riots. Yeah, that's a good word. There was uprisings in many cities, and People were demanding some kind of help. And so, as part of that, our government come up with an idea of a working man holiday. And it was called Labor Day, and it was instituted in 1894. Congress passed the act for Labor Day, and President Cleveland signed it into law. And um, we've been celebrating it ever since. And I think we should move it. Because it's, we live in the South, you know, it's supposed, it, it's the traditional end of summer, right? It's not really the end of summer. Summer doesn't end for a couple more weeks. But in the South, summer don't end until November, so I don't know. <laughs> or summer, too. You, you know, we always get that couple of weeks where it's kind of cool, and we all get excited about it, and then it gets hot again. But I remember as a kid, um, talking about young people working at long hours, my aunts were old. My dad was the young, was second youngest in the family of eleven, and his sisters were much older. And um, in the twenties, they were born in the 
in the teens and the 20s, 1920s. And so they had to go to work early in life. And, um, and I remember them talking about it. They lived out in rural, rural Union County, way up north, middle of nowhere, right? Well, Cannon Mills had a bus that would come out and pick them up from Kannapolis and drive them up there to work. Kind of like a school bus. It'd come out in the middle of nowhere and pick up all these people and take them to work. So I remember them talking about it, and they worked. They, they grew up with worth, work ethics. Work hard. They always did. That's just, that's just how they grew up. <laughs> I don't see that today, do y'all? It's just not here anymore, is it? People don't have that ethics. People don't want to work. Not just young kids anymore. Shoot. Old people don't want to work. Yeah. It's just not what it was back then. I heard this week a 97-year-old man in our community passed away. 97 years old. Just think about that. He's seen a lot. He was born in 1925. He was four years old in 1929 when the stock market crashed. And so he's four years old. He's, <laughs> he's living through the Great Depression as a little kid. And if that doesn't get any, uh, if that doesn't get any better, I mean, what, oh, when he's 19 years old, <laughs> he's on the second boat coming into Normandy. <laughs> Come on now. 19 years old, he's a kid fighting for his country and watching so many die, but he didn't. He lived through it. He came home. By the grace of God, he came home. He wasn't one of those that didn't get to. And he went to work, and he worked pretty much the rest of his life. Hard work. That's what Labor Day is for, to celebrate those people, I believe. I don't even think we should celebrate it anymore for us because we don't do it. I'm sorry. Just saying. Those people worked hard. Those generations worked hard. They sacrificed so that you and I could live in a world where we don't have to work 12-hour days, seven days a week. Hmm. So we celebrate Labor Day. But as you celebrate, think about them. Think about the sacrifices. We talk about Memorial Day. We think about the sacrifices of our soldiers. But on Labor Day, let's think about the sacrifices of those who worked really hard that gave us this day off. Because if they hadn't, we wouldn't have it off. We've got a lot of folks on vacation. I know it's, again, I said it's the last weekend of summer. So folks are enjoying it. Pastor Bill's not on vacation. He's actually ministering with his friend and our friend, Pastor Clark, down at McBee Baptist today. I'm sure they're going to have some fun, though, but they are uh, ministering together down there today, and so we pray for them this morning. As we celebrate Labor Day, I got to thinking about labor, our labor that we do as our jobs, but I got to thinking about our labor as Christians and how important that is, and it's to be celebrated and to be looked at and to be thought about on this day. What are we doing as Christians? Are we working hard? What's our fruit look like? So the title of the message today is Got Fruit. 
And our main scripture comes from John 15, verses 5 through 8. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for your words. I thank you, I thank you Lord, for your son Jesus who you sent to reconcile us back to you, Lord. I thank you for these words and I thank you for the opportunities you give us each day to labor for you. Opportunities to grow the kingdom and share you with so many people. Please, Lord, I pray you'd move me out of the way and, and let your words be spoken here today and that you might be glorified and that lives might walk out of here changed. Lives might walk out here ready to go and produce much great fruit for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I go any further, I want to remind you of something very, very important, however. Some people get confused about this work thing. So it's very important to remember. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I'll be reading from New American Standard. For by grace you have been saved through faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Listen, our gift, our salvation is a gift. So if you think you're going to work your way to heaven, that's not happening. You think you're going to work your way to Jesus? Nope. You can work all your life. You can give all your life. But if you don't have a personal, if you haven't asked him in your heart, you don't have a personal relationship with him, ain't going to do you no good. Sorry to tell you that. There's sadly people out here that believe that. Oh, he's good. he was a good man. He gave millions to so-and-so. And, you know, he did all this wonderful work. And, but he never had Jesus. And so he just died a good man, I guess. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. End of discussion. So that's, I want to get that clarified. It's the easiest thing in the world. You just got to believe. Your salvation's there. That's the gift. After that, then what we're going to do? You know, you got choices. What can I do? Oh, I'm just going to go over here and get in my recliner. Ah, I got Jesus. I don't have to do anything the rest of my life. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. Right? We could do that. We could do that. But I believe if, if you got Jesus, you don't want to do that. Especially if you read his word. 
Because his word says, go to work. One of the very first verses in the Bible comes from Genesis 2, 15. What did God do? Verse 5, Genesis, I'm sorry. Genesis 2, 15, verse um, 2, 15. I don't know why I got on here. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to do what? Work and keep it. Work. We're not to sit by idly and wait to hear the trumpet sound. We got to get busy. We got to get busy. As Christians, we have a job. And, and you know, we're not all called to be preachers and teachers up here or in classrooms. Some of us are called to be other things. Farmers. Mechanical drawing people. Turkey lady, HR guy, all you, we're called to be, we do, we have, we have vocations, but we're all called as Christians to tell people about Jesus. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Here it is. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Hey, I'm the guy. So listen up. Go therefore. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. He called us to go make disciples. That's what he called us to do. <sighs> Man. If we're true disciples of Jesus, we have work. We have work. And making disciples, you know, that's, that's a big one. And I'll talk a little bit later about some things we're going to be doing here. But making disciples, one thing, it's one thing to go tell somebody about Jesus. But we need to be teaching them. We need to be bringing people up and discipling them. Giving them the news and giving them the word. And building them up to the point where, you know, they want to go and make disciples. Because I'm sadly here to tell you, there's a lot of people that are going in churches today and they're getting that message and it's a feel-good message and hallelujah and they're getting saved and they're going home and they're getting in their recliner and they're not doing anything because they're not being discipled. They're not being told. It's all, oh, I'm going to heaven, it's wonderful. And they're not getting the word put into them. They're not renewing their mind on a daily basis. They're not making disciples. They're just happy for a little while. But I've got to tell you something. I don't think they're going to be happy long because they're not doing what they're called to do. If you're truly called as a Christian, you've got to get out there and get busy. I'm sorry. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but hey. And, and I'll, I'll, get, I'll get there. We have to stay connected to the power source. That's the thing. That's the thing. We've got to stay connected to the power source because if you go and you get saved and you got that and then you stop and you never open a book and you never read and you, you never hear his word spoken, you're disconnected from the power source. So how are you going to do anything? Right? Let's go back to John 15, verse 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who what? Remain in me. And I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, you, you know, I don't remember, I'm sorry. Um, some days I have a better brain than others, but I know it's in one of Paul's books. He talked about him and Apollos sowed and watered into people. But he said, it wasn't us. Jesus was doing all the work. It was all him doing it. We were just there. It did the hands and the feet, right? Right? We were just there. He was doing it. But somebody has to go. Right? But we can't go without him. So if we try to go without him, we're not going to get nowhere. <laughs> you see, the vine is the power source connected to the soil. Have you ever seen a vine? You ever try to pull a vine up that's really a good vine? You ain't going to do it unless you will. You might, but you might have to get a shovel. That vine's connected. See, Jesus is the vine, and he's in that soil, which is God, and he's strong, and he ain't going nowhere. And we're the branches, and we just branch off. But what, what, what good's a branch if it ain't got a vine to connect to? It's over here dead and withering, right? So we got to have that strong vine to be connected to, and that is Jesus. And we got to stay connected to the source. And if we don't, there'll be no fruit. Verse 6, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch, and it withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. You see, a branch has two options. A branch has two options. Grow fruit or die. Seriously, here's the way it works. It's the way it works. Verse 7, but if you remain in me, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. You know, Jesus said that a lot. He said that a lot. Some version of that a lot. Ask and it will be given. He said that a lot. And I don't believe he's a liar. <laughs> so I believe that we are failing when we don't ask. We're not asking enough. That's the problem. But see, to ask, you got to remain in him. Because if you're not remaining in him, and you ask, it ain't going to do no good. Right? Not going to help. He can't hear you. Because you're not in him. You're not, at, you're not remaining strong in him. You got, you got, see, there's a, a process here. You can't go jump into the pool until you put the water in the pool. You can, but it won't be pretty. It's a process. Just like I can't come in here, like Ray said earlier, I can't come in here unprepared. I can't come in here with my cup half empty and think I'm going to overflow on you. Because that ain't going to work. Not going to work. <laughs> we have to remain in him and we have to ask him. You know, when I'm, when I'm praying and when I'm seeking him for anything in my life, especially when I'm preparing a message, you know what I got to do? I got to pray. I got to time with him. And I got to ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? I just don't go in and say, Lord, I'm going to do this. 
I've tried that before. <clears throat> Verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings glory to the Father. Mm. It should be each one of our desires. Everyone in here, if you know Jesus, and I pray you all do, if you don't, don't leave without him. What was that old saying? Don't leave home without the American Express, right, or something like that? Don't leave home without, don't leave here without him. But if you know Jesus, you should desire to have a lot of fruit hanging off of you. I can't carry it so much. So this Labor Day weekend, I want us all to encourage, or I want to encourage all of us, myself included, to reflect on our fruit. What's your fruit look like? I think of a, as a parent, as a parent, our greatest fruit is our kids. It really is. Oh man, that's a responsibility too. Big responsibility. Because see those kids, see, I'm a branch, right? And guess what's happening now? Got some more branches. They're my kids. And I don't want my little branches, they're going off to wither and die. So we got to encourage them. Sometimes that can be fun, can't it? Oh, now don't lie. Y'all know, don't sit here and lie and tell me it's easy. I got two of them in here. I told them to go to youth, they won't hear me preach. So I love them, and they're awesome. They really are, but some days. Is that right? They know it too. The heads are down right now. <laughs> they also know some days dad's not the greatest either. Like, we have to strive. We have to strive hard because that's very important fruit if you're a parent. We have fruit uh, all around us, opportunities. What's our family beyond our kids' fruit look like? I mean, I got some fruits in my family. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, seriously, sometimes that can be hard. Well, they say you, can, you can't pick your family, but you, kick, you can pick your friends, you can't pick your family, right? Family's family, right? Yeah, they, they say, who you got? Sometimes they're the hardest ones, aren't they? But how do we react around them? What do they see in us? Are we helping them with their fruit? Are we being good fruit in their lives? Oh, my goodness, Rosalie, don't talk to me later. She's all the time telling me, be nice. <laughs> Friends and neighbors, what are you doing with them? What's the fruit look like there? Are you helping them with their fruit? Are they helping you with yours? Are you seeing changes in lives? Work, where you work. When you go to work, do people see Jesus in you or do they see her? Because see, Here's the thing, if they know you go to church and they know you're a Christian and you walk into work and you're all the time, are you being a good witness? Are you making disciples? Are you growing fruit? Uh-oh. I remember really not too long after I became a Christian, I was working for a company and I was, I didn't want to have to do this, but my boss called and said, I need you to train this guy. And I was, he, 
I was in my late 20s maybe at that time, and he was probably in his early 20s, so I, but I thought him, he was a kid. And, you, you know, I had this job I had to do, and then you got somebody coming in behind you, and you got to show them what's going to happen. It's going to slow you down, right? And so I'm like, do I have, for a whole week, I got to spend time with this kid. So I had a bad attitude, right? I went into this thing with a bad attitude. But at the end of the week, we're having lunch with this, this kid's having lunch with me, kid. Again, he wasn't much younger than me. But he said, I got a question for you. And I said, what? He said, um, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, well, yeah. He said, I could just tell it by the way you acted this week. You just, you're always encouraging me. See, I thought I'd be mean, but I was, I guess I wasn't. <laughs> I guess maybe when I went home, I was. <laughs> I was mad about it. But I, anyway, you know. He saw that in me, and we had a conversation, and he told me about his struggles in life, and he grew up in church, but he walked away. And I had an opportunity to share with him, and it was great. But see, we've got to be always mindful of who's around us. No matter where we're at, no matter where we're, you know, whether it's work or family or friends or neighbors, we gotta, we got to watch. Because the most important thing is how we walk, how I'll, I'll get into it in a minute, but I think the very last thing I'm going to say, preach the gospel, use words if necessary. Church fruit. That's where we got it going on, man. What's going on in the church, man, I tell you. Sometimes I struggle. I feel like I, won't, I don't see enough fruit, but then I go to Nicaragua Talk with somebody this week about it, you know. There's a lot of fruit hanging down there from this church. A lot. I am. Um, Daphne, you and Ray, I think we were on the first trip. We went to Dios Provera, Dirt Streets. That church, it was a children's church, folks. That's all it was. A bunch of kids. They even told us it's a kid's church. The parents won't come. So we go, and there's all these little kids everywhere. That was the church. Met out under, uh, didn't even have the tent yet, I don't think. It was just a, it was, it, was, it was interesting. Poorest place, one of the poorest places I've ever seen. It was, that was uh, 2014, 2014, I believe, maybe 15. I don't remember exactly, but we went back there, and we've gone every time. We went back there this past trip, and... Um, we built these giant concrete footing, footings in the back of the church. Am I right? Giant ones. They were supposed to be three by three by three. They don't have a measure there. Am I right, Matt? They were at least six by six by 25. And we had to put concrete in them. Guess why we had to do that? And I fell in one, by the way. Didn't matter. Yeah, it was fun. Anyway, we had to build, we had to build build these things because they're putting in columns to support a second floor. Because now, guess what? Mom and Daddy's coming to church, and there's not enough room for Mom and Daddy to come to church and the kids because it's not big enough. So the kids are going to be on the second floor. Mom and Daddy's going to be on the first floor. That's fruit. That's fruit. Whew, the farm down there. See, we we give money to the farm. To support Mephibosheth Farms, and, and, and you know, 
the fruit there, the kids, the, even the adults that go through there. What an awesome thing. We may not see them much here if you don't go down there any. And I encourage, I'll encourage you in a little bit an opportunity to go, but that's fruit that you're sowing. We're sowing. We keep watering our BBS. Good grief. 100 kids, around 100 kids every year coming through here. Those little lives changed. I heard some of them talking this year out in the foyer about, hey, remember that year we did the, the shipwreck thing? Remember the year we did the cave? They remember the stories, not just the storylines. They remember what we talked about. They talked about one. I heard one kid say, yeah, I remember that year we put our fingerprint on the cross in red to symbolize the blood of Jesus. They remember these things. We're sowing seeds. Sorry, I touch my mic. If I get mad, you just. We're sowing those seeds every year. Our preschool, man, our preschool is a huge ministry here. 60 something kids. If you have come by one day, check it out. It's wild. I mean, it's wild. Really, it's wild. It gets wild, it's loud, and it's, I'll be in my office and I hear some kid screaming, and I'm way down here in their wheel. Not screaming because they're hurt, screaming because they don't want to be here, because they're mad and they were a little kid. Man. We all went through that phase, right? I have stories to tell. <laughs> we got work to do, y'all. We've got work to do individually, in our own walks, in our own lives, but we've got work to do at the church. We got back from Nicaragua, and as I said earlier, I th when we typically get back from Nicaragua, it's the first week of August, and so for about a month, I'm on kind of a slow cruise, catching up with all the stuff, all the stuff I didn't get done because I was in Nicaragua, and getting ready for what's coming. Well, this year, come home and sick, like immediately. Mary Ann's sick on the plane coming home, and and the rest of us just got off, and then we, some of us gave it to our spouses. <laughs> and for two weeks, man, I was just not, it was bad. And so here I am, you know, this is my time to get caught up. And I ain't getting caught up because I ain't feeling like doing nothing. But God's good. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still here, and I'm still rolling, and Guess what? Everything that's about to happen, all the work that we've got to do is still coming. So I can, what am I going to do? I'm going to get it done. We've got some, some opportunities coming up to be a part of fruit producing in our own lives, receiving. The marriage weekend's coming up. I encourage you to sign up for that. We're going to start back discipleship on Wednesday nights. The second and fourth Wednesday nights. The walkathon. Second weekend in October, right? Second Saturday, I believe, the eighth, something like that. Oh, we, we got the dates. Down at the farm. Great opportunity to go. Seriously, go down there. Just plan that day. Just mark that off. You're gonna go down there. Go down there and see that fruit. Go down there and watch those little kids when they give them the prizes for the money they raise and Right? Just look at the faces. Man, that's, they, that's like they just got a gold medal in the Olympics. They're so excited. It's, it's worth going to see. And that's fruit, man. 
That's fruit. Operation Christmas Child coming up. What did I just say? Christmas? Yeah, it did. That's, that's going to be here like nah, soon. Our Christmas families, Marianne's going to be talking more about that down the road here, but we got uh, a lot to do. A Christmas play. For, we're going to do a Christmas play. We're not going to, we got to start that soon. These are things that are coming, y'all. They're coming. We got work to do, and that's just this year. That's just, and I don't know if y'all know, it's September already. And that's just a few things. There's other stuff. I mean, it's a lot going on. There's a lot of opportunities for us to go and be about fruit making. And see, when we go, when we come to the marriage weekend, we encourage people to don't go to church. Hey, our church is doing this. Bring somebody if you can. Invite people. We're not going to turn them away. All these things we can invite people to come be a part of. It's an opportunity for us to show fruit, to share our fruit with them and watch them start growing fruit. Come on. And then next year, we already, I mean, it's, you know, next year we'll, we'll be going back to Nicaragua at least once, maybe twice. We've got another mission opportunity that we're praying about, and more than likely we'll be going up to Kentucky to minister up there with some friends of ours. For those who can't go to Nicaragua, this is a great opportunity. It's a day trip up to Kentucky and rural part of Kentucky. Vacation Bible School will be coming around before we know it. And those folks, let me tell you something. Vacation Bible School don't just happen the week of Vacation Bible School. Months of preparation. Lots of work. People, people working hard. Producing great fruit. Mm. I'm going to read. Um, I'm not going to sing it because I can't sing. But there's a song. Um, it's an old song, and um, I um, I love the words of this song because to me this is this should be every single Christian's desire that this would be you mentioned in this song, me mentioned in this song. So I'm going to try not to sing it, but sometimes I'll be reading it and try to sing it, and I can't. I dreamed I went to heaven, and you were there with me. We walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing, then someone called your name. You turned and saw this young man, and he was smiling as he came. He said, friend, you may not know me now, and then he said, but wait, you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. And every week, you would say a prayer before the class would start. And one day, when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart, thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad you gave. Then another man stood before you and he said, remember the time a missionary came to your church and his pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave and that's why I'm here today. 
Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad you gave. One by one they came far as the eye could see. Each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you had done, sacrifices made, unnoticed on the earth, in heaven now proclaimed. And I know up in heaven you're not supposed to cry, but I'm almost sure there were tears in your eyes as Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord. He said, my child, look around you, for great is your reward. That should be all our desires. When we get to heaven, listen to me. Yeah, two examples right there. Kid in Sunday school, we teach the kids here. And we, we don't, sometimes don't know the impact we're having. We might not ever know till we get there. How much money have this, has this church given to mission projects? We may not ever know the impact, but we will. We may never know it here, but we'll know it there. It should be our desire. And, and the only way you can do that is, is to walk it out. Stay connected to the, to the vine. Make sure your branch is strong. Develop that fruit. John 4, 36 through 38. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is brought to eternal life. What joy awakes both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants, another harvest, and it's true. I sent to you to harvest where you did not plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. We have a job here. We can plant, and we're going to harvest, but, you know, we need to be focused. We just need to get out there and start planting. Just keep planting. Keep planting in Nicaragua uh, through our ministry at Common Heart, down at the farm, BBS, all these things. We have so many opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We've got work to do. We've got work to do. In Matthew, I didn't put this on the notes, but in Matthew 7, Jesus is talking about false prophets and he's talking about some will come and some are wolves, and, but he said, you can identify them. How? By their fruit. He said in verse 20, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people by their actions. You walk up to an apple tree, you know it's an apple tree. You walk up to a pear tree, you know it's a pear tree. You walk up to a Christian who is a Christian, and he's serving, and he's living, you can tell you can see them in, you know, I see some of you guys, and man, so, all you guys, it's just so good to see. Uh, Matt down in Nicaragua. I'm, I'm just going to call you out, brother. Here's a guy who, young in the faith, man, he's just loving on them kids like, I could, you know, it's like, Matt, Matt, somebody get a leash on him. <laughs> Couldn't control himself. 
I mean, I'll never forget he came in, he showed me a picture he had took of a house inside, uh, if you want to call it that. And he's like, the kids are living in this. And then you could see it in his heart. And he's like, I mean, I, if Matt had the money, he'd have went down there and built condos for all of them. <sighs> That's somebody, you know their fruit by the way they're, they're acting. And they're going to need some dentist down there for the candy he was handing out. God is good. God is good. Everybody stand. If we're living out our faith and we're connected to him, our fruit will be clearly known to those around us. Our opportunities are big. Our mission is huge. On this Labor Day weekend, I encourage you to take an inventory of the fruit in your life. What's going on there? Be honest with yourself because trust me, he knows. Don't be lying to yourself. Where you've got some bad fruit, prune that thing. Prune it. We got some rose bushes at home that were beautiful in spring and then they Rosalie went out and pruned them, and now they're beautiful again. Blooming roses like crazy. Sometimes you got to prune that thing. Get rid of the bad fruit. Add the good fruit. Preach the gospel. Again, use words if necessary. Let your fruit be evidence of who you love and who you serve. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your instructions. I thank you so much for your son who came and and gave us so much hope. For apart from him, we had no hope. And because of him now, we have hope that we can share with the world. Lord, remind us as we walk through the valleys that we will surely walk through, we know that you are with us. And as we encounter people, let your light shine through us. Let us be mindful when we're in situations that may not be easy, not to react in a way that people be like, well, I don't want to be around this person. Let us be you, Lord. Remind us who we're representing. Remind us of the fruit that we're supposed to be showing people. Go with us, Lord, this week, and I pray for each one. I pray, Lord. But tomorrow, those who have the opportunity to relax, relax a little, Lord, let them relax. And, but let them meditate on you more important than anything. And be thankful that we have jobs, both vocationally and jobs, both as, as Christians as well. We love you, Lord. We thank you again. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. Um, Hope everybody has a blessed week. There are a lot of opportunities coming. Get ready. It's going to be a busy fall and winter, too, before long. And I'm going to like the temperatures. I know Ray's not. Have a great week.